Welcome to Slice of Life. Because a bite was not enough, you've listened to Brenda's Bites for years, and now Brenda is expanding her show to include lifestyle happenings from around the region. Now here's your host, Brenda Alacy. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to yet another edition of Slice of Life here on your Saturday morning. Thanks so much, as always, for tuning in. We're here every Saturday from 9 to 9.30, and you never know what we might be talking about. It could be anything from heavy-duty legal medical issues to things like food and wine, my two favorite subjects. So we'll get into some fun, uh, some vino talk in just a moment with my favorite wine guy, Don Tomasulo. Uh, if you have any questions or concerns or suggestions for the show or people you'd like to see on, give me a call, 843-0651. 843-0651 is my direct line. You can hit me up on Twitter, at Brenda Celeste, because nobody can spell my last name. So it's at Brenda Celeste, or certainly find me on uh, Facebook and Instagram. But without further ado, I've got this man over a barrel. It's a wine barrel. Good morning, Don Tomasulo. I love it. Talking wine. It's not just for breakfast anymore. It's all day. I love it. You know, <laughs> you know it's never too early, is it, Don? It's, it's, what's the old saying? It's five o'clock somewhere? No, yeah, that's true. It's always five o'clock somewhere, and you can't be drunk all day if you don't start drinking in the morning. So well, it's a true. good time to talk about alcohol. Words live by. Of course, we don't advocate that you drive and no, rain. No, absolutely not. However, please. if you want to tip a few, this is the guy you want to talk to. So I've become passionate about wine. I've learned a lot. And my go-to guy is Don Tomasulo, who I work with here at Entercom, but is really so knowledgeable about wine and is not a wine snob. And one of the first things you taught me, Don, was the fact that if you like the way a wine tastes, that's fine. You don't have to spend a fortune or feel like you have to have a fancy label. Do you still feel that way? 100%. You totally get it. You know, Brenda is so knowledgeable, as is her husband, Dan. I mean, you guys really get it. People are so intimidated by wine. You know, anybody can order a beer, although that's getting tougher now with so, so many, many different choices. beers. Yeah. But wine is wonderful because it, uh, I have two rules of thumb. A good wine is a wine that you like and can afford. And as, as my mentor, Bob Layton, uh, taught me years ago, uh, drink with your lips and your taste buds and not with your eyes. So if you like it and, and you enjoy the wine, then that's a great wine to have. You know, Don, it's funny you say that because I read the book by Kevin Zarelli, which I think is just sort of the definitive guide about uh, wine. It's uh, Windows of the World Complete Wine Course that Kevin Zarelli wrote. And you may remember him from, of course, uh, the Trade Center. The Trade Center. And he and, had a place and Kevin's up there. just the best. He's just, tremendous. And he's like you. He can make it relatable, even though you know a lot about the terms and the, and the different regions and varietals, all those things that can be a little scary to the average person. But one of the things in his book is he talks about um, sensations even on the tongue, sweet, sour, bitter, salty, and something called umami. It's a term you see more and more that means savory. So when you drink wine, Don, um, do you try to really, you know, hit it right on those different taste buds? You know, I went through a period where I was really studying and going to a lot of tastings. And what I found, it started to take the fun out of it. Mm -hmm. You know, so there are times when I really analyze a wine or I'll go to a wine tasting. Because the first most important thing you do when you pour a wine is to get your nose into that glass. It's, you know, people wonder why you're swirling it and you look snobby. But you don't, you don't mean to. It's like you're a genie in uh, the bottle for all that time. you got to let it out. It's like if you're driving from here to New York, you got to stretch. So it's the same thing with the wine. you got to stretch it. So get your nose in there. If it smells like wine and it's good, that's the first thing. And then you go to that mouthfeel. So if I'm having a big cab, 
Uh, I like to drink it and see where it fills the tannin. Sometimes a great wine fills your whole mouth. Sometimes there's different parts. You know, you'll get a little under your nose, like a, a little mustache or a little side things. So just be aware of it. But it doesn't mean that it's a bad wine. It's just different. Right. One of the things I learned at a tasting in California a few years ago was to put your hand on top of the wine glass and just swirl the wine a little bit and then stick your nose in the glass and you can really smell it. It opens up the the aromas, if you will. A fantastic tip. You're absolutely right. I learned that too out in California. You put your hand over the glass, swirl it so you really can tell it. And then try to identify it. You know, if it's right. if, what are you smelling? If it's a white wine, are you getting fruits or apricots or if it's a red wine, you know, berries or whatever. The second thing I learned when I was out there is sometimes we take one sip and don't like the wine. And I've learned take at least three sips because your mouth adjusts to it. You might have just had, you know, it's breakfast. I just brushed my teeth here a couple exactly. of minutes ago. Right. So it's going to take me a couple of minutes to overcome the coffee and that, you know, before I taste it. So before you discard it, give it a couple of seconds because it will warm up, it will change in the glass, and it'll get better. So don't, you, again, if it smells like wine, when you order a bottle of wine, put your nose in there. If it smells nice and it's fruity, that's a good bottle of wine. You don't have to taste it. Um, and then take two or three sips uh, afterwards to, to really get your palate going. Do you believe in decanting wine? Uh, you know, I, again, another thing I've gone through my yes and no. Uh-huh. I've had some great old <laughs> wines that, that have decanted, and then they went poof, like they were gone too early. Um, so it, 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 it depends on the wine. I will decant some wines. And it's just a, it's a gut feeling, so. Yeah, you know, and the whole idea there is to open it up again, too, so that the flavors come out, it gives it time to breathe, all of those terms that we hear about. Let's talk about the differences between white and red, Don. And I talk to folks who like Chardonnay, and they always use the terms oaky and buttery. What does that mean to the average person? That's a re- another great question, you know, because we, we get whining and start talking all these terms. So Chardonnays uh, were... In the old days, stainless steel aged or whatever it was. And now as we've gotten more um, sophisticated with barrels and oak barrels and different barrels are toasted to different levels. So, you know, you make your white wine after it's it's ready and then you put it in barrels to age. And sometimes they over oak them. Sometimes I think if it's over oak, they're covering up uh, other things. So if you taste it and you taste that woody, oaky thing. That's what it means by oaky. Buttery usually has to do with more with texture. It's softer, mm-hmm. has that nice nice mouth feel. And they always say like Chardonnay and lobster because it has a nice feel to it. Very, very smooth. It's not making you gag when you drink it. Right, right. You know? I'm not really a white wine drinker much anymore. I really do prefer the reds. And I think there's a certain progression, Don, that, you know, I may have started out with whites and then you've moved to the, some of the lighter reds like a Pinot Noir and to some of the heavier ones. I've become, especially lately, a real fan of Zins. What do you think of Zins? Well, first of all, I'm a huge Zin fan. But take a step back to white, you know, yes. because we grew up in Italian families right. or whatever, uh, and you drank old, terrible Dago red wine. It's undrinkable. <laughs> right. It's like coffee that I didn't know coffee could be drinkable because, you know, they drank espresso. So people think a red wine is going to be rough when it's actually softer. And there's many a time white wine has a much more acidic bitter True. Uh, thing that people think I, I, I'd rather have a white one. A red tends to be more satisfying. So just keep that in mind when you're drinking whites. And that's why they like that buttery, uh, oaky uh, uh, Chardonnay because mm-hmm. it's soft. And there, do you think there's a progression? For example, if I'm out at a fancy dinner, maybe I'll have a glass of Pinot Noir and then sort of work my way up to the more peppery, spicy 
you know, cabs or Zins. 100%. And we'll get into the Zin thing. But I love Pinot Noir. It's probably my favorite red wine that I think goes with everything. But my second favorite is Zinvidal. I love Zins. And people kind of poo-poo them. But it's hard to tell a Zin from a Merlot from a cab, unless you really do it. They're all in the same family. They're all cousins in, in some ways. Right. So you get so many great, interesting Zinfandels, and they go with so many different things. You know, yes. we were, we're, you know, we're approaching uh, the Thanksgiving and the holiday season here. Um, uh, Zins is another one that you can drink with a, a wide variety of foods. Including turkey. Dude, I've come up the point that it's impossible to pick the right wine on Thanksgiving because there's just too many, there's too many things on the table. Yeah. There's like, you know, well, do I want to match this or this? Or, so what do you like? So if you get a nice spicy Zin that's not too heavy, goes with everything. Especially with the blandness of turkey or mashed potatoes or something. It really is a nice trade-off. So there's that whole idea. And then you have things like Tempranillo, too, which I call sort of like a soft Merlot. Mm-hmm. Do you like that designation? It's a great, again, it, it, it's a great interpretation of it because there's so many great wines in the world we i'm drinking more tempranillo lately people don't drink it because you can't say it just like uh, <laughs> i love gewurztraminer you know but nobody makes it you can't even say it right so it's finding a good wine that you like and if somebody guides you into the spanish wine region one of the reasons i like california is because i can read english <laughs> you know um because there's so many wines in the world so if you can find a tempranillo that are fabulous they're inexpensive and once you taste them you go wow that's tremendous so, i recommend the campo viejo which is affordable and delicious you have uh, recommended that to me many a times and uh, i keep that as a staple in the house because it's really affordable and in, in a blind taste test it would win hands down over a 40 or 50 dollar bad wine isn't that the truth Dan? speaking of the west coast i've seen such an increase in quality wines coming from oregon especially Pinot Noirs, and Washington. Have you noticed that, how it's not just California anymore? It's, it's been happening for years. I mean, it really started the Oregon. People are very particular now, and you're seeing more and more of them. Plus, what I love about Oregon, they're big fans of screw caps. So you get great right. wines with more and more screw caps. People say, ooh, screw caps. I love screw caps. You know, I think they should put more great wines in with screw caps because I know it's going to be good. Um, but the quality of wines coming out of Washington, you got some, some big manufacturers out there now. Chateau St. Michel is a huge right. company out, out in Washington. And their quality continues to go up. The uh, screw caps are particularly good if you have your hand in a cast. Absolutely. So very difficult to uh, manipulate. Brenda's still in her cast. So, but uh, but not much longer. Um, uh, screw caps are particularly good if you bring wine everywhere with you, like I tend to do. That's if I true. think I'm going to some place that has bad wine, I bring my own wine along. I don't have to sneak in a wine opener. You can't get arrested at the border or it's whatever, true. and you can just open up your wine. I never thought about this. Hey, have you ever gotten thrown out of a place because you brought in your own wine? I, I haven't got thrown out, but I have gotten chastised have you? Uh, uh, at one of the uh, um, it wasn't the Buffalo Club because I didn't sneak it in there. It was one of the other clubs in there. We, we were at an event, and I knew they would not have great wine, so. I just brought some wine in. I figured, what difference does it make? They're pouring right. not so great wine. I give them a better wine. And <laughs> I got a little slap on the, the hand, but it was gone by that point. It was so. probably worth it, right? It was well worth it. Don, uh, before we close, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about good bubbly for our holidays coming up, whether it's Thanksgiving, Christmas, Hanukkah, and, of course, New Year's Eve. What do you suggest? you like bubbly and, and you think bubbly. it goes well with a lot of different foods? Most misunderstood wine uh, in the world. You know, so bubbly goes, it's not just for special occasions. You don't know what to drink at Thanksgiving? Drink 
uh, bubbly. You don't know what to have with your potato chips? Bubbly goes fantastic with potato chips. Salty uh, you know, foods, And yeah. you can't be in a bad mood. Drinking sparkling wine is like listening to banjo music. You know, you can't play the blues on a banjo. You can't be in a bad <laughs> mood when you open up, uh, uh, you know, a, a bottle of, uh, of sparkling. That's the one thing I like with the old-fashioned corks that pop because it, uh, you know. There, there's a certain drama to it. There's a certain it. drama to yep. it, and, and it's great. But and you don't have to spend a lot for sparkling wine. I mean, all over the world now, whether you're in Italy and you're gonna drink a prosecco, or in Spain and they call it Cavet, or um, you know, uh, Chandon in California, same company as Moet Chandon, lovely wine. You get like twenty dollars. You can get a great bottle of sparkling wine, and it's acceptable in the morning because so many people love mimosas. Of course, you know, I, I hate to ruin it with the uh, um, orange juice, you but know, you know, you can fake it. Funny you should say that because when I order a mimosa. I say, hold the orange juice. <laughs> Just give me the bubbly. Great idea. But bubbly, <laughs> if you don't know what to do or you want to start a party and yes. you're having people over, it's a great way to start your event. It's a great starter. And so if you want to pop that cork on, uh, at midnight on December 31st, there's so many choices. And as Don points out, you can get some really nice bubbly at an affordable rate. It's not going to break the bank as you nope. get into the new year. Don, any uh, parting words about wine? Yeah, don't be afraid to try it. A good wine is wine you like and can afford. So try something different. You know, like what kind of food do you eat? Uh, I only eat steak. No, you eat a, a lot of things, you know, or if you're a vegetarian, you eat a lot of different things. So drink a lot of different wines and remember what you like or don't like and don't be afraid. When you see this man out, buy him a glass of wine. He'll, I'll make, he'll it make it a good one. Make it a good one. Make it a good one. Don Tomasulo, my all-time go-to guy for wine. Thanks a million for coming in, Don, and happy Thanksgiving to you and happy yours. Happy Thanksgiving to you and your family, and uh, you're doing a great job, and thanks for having me in this morning. It's always a pleasure. We'll be back right after this. Are you a fan of succulent hand-carved beef and turkey? Do you like having fish fries available every day? Then come experience fresh, scratch-made favorites at the historic Glen Park Tavern in the heart of Williamsville. The Glen Park Tavern's hand-carved beef and turkey are available in-house or for parties as well. Enjoy a delicious selection of hearty salads, sides, and soups seven days a week. Visit the Glen Park Tavern on Main near Cayuga in Williamsville. It's not just a meal, it's an experience. Paid actors illustrating actual clients. Prior results do not guarantee similar outcome. Each case is unique. When a car hit me, I called Salino and Barnes. They got me $6 million, 24 times the insurance offer. I'm Steve Barnes. Is your accident case worth more than the insurance company says? Call us. You might be surprised. After I was rear-ended, insurance offered $100,000. Salino and Barnes got me $800,000. I'm Ross Salino. What's your case really worth? Call us now and find out. Main Street, Buffalo. Thanks for tuning in to Slice of Life. Now back to your hostess with the mostess, Brenda Alacy. Well, back to the show itself. We're talking with Jessica Pirro, and she is the CEO of Crisis Services, which is located right here in Buffalo. And Jessica started in November of 68. Now, I know you weren't there back then, <laughs> <laughs> but you've been with the organization more than 20 years and five years as the head honcho. You're the CEO. Yeah. How have you seen the agency evolve over the years? It's been pretty amazing to see um, over the last 20 years what has happened at Crisis Services, but also the impact that the agency has had in the community. Um, in addition to just growth of being able to provide more services and really helping to coordinate and collaborate on services in our community, um, we're also seeing people reaching out for help and really helping to reduce stigma around all the issues our organization um, services, from mental health to rape crisis, domestic violence. Um, stigma plays a part 
part in all of those um, aspects for that really keep people from reaching out. Um, so we've definitely seen an improvement through the community and through the very collaborative efforts in our community to really pay attention to this conversation and make it safe for people to come forward and get the help they need. You know, as you're saying that, <clears throat> excuse me, I think about the candor of people who are able to come forward and talk about their experiences, especially with like a disgusting person like Harvey Weinstein, you know, the, just a despicable character. And the way these women have come out so bravely to face their accusers, also the women who faced down Bill Cosby, mm-hmm. all these horrible things that for good or bad, the mainstream media has a lot of flaws, but at least there are ways for people to get the word out and talk in a public forum about what's happening and hopefully give others the strength to face that. I don't know if that's something that your team hears about when they're talking to people, but I'd like to think that the media is helpful in that respect. Do you have any views on that? Well, I do think that um, the conversation in um, you know our community as well as through the media is important. It's important to make sure, too, that it is strength-based, like you said, that it's giving people hope, that it's giving people a sense that they're not alone, um, that, that unfortunately this does happen to many people in our community on a regular basis. Um, and so seeking help is a strength and not a weakness. And I think that the attention around um, either mental health, suicide, the Me Too, the Me Too movement, for example, are things that are giving people a sense of pause and realizing, you know what, this happened to me, um, it doesn't have to define me, and I can figure out how to get the help that I need um, to live productively with whatever trauma that they've experienced. And that gives them strength when they see other people step forward and share their story and they realize they're not alone. And along with that purpose and goal, that's what you do at Crisis Services. And as I mentioned, you've been there a couple of decades now, and now you have a new tagline and kind of a new slogan that you want people to know about this moment forward. What does that mean exactly? Well, uh, Crisis Services, we celebrated our 50th anniversary last year and went through kind of a review of who we are and where we're going. And one of the things that came out of that review, in in addition to a little refresh of our our logo, uh, was a new tagline. And really, uh, when we were looking at some um, options that were being presented to us to look at, this one stood out above all the rest and made, you know, everyone had a a chill, if you will, throughout Mm -hmm. our organization to say this is us uh, meaning that when you make that call this moment forward we will we'll get them we will get you connected to services we will help you find the right next step we will help you be educated about what's available to you um, as well as if it's our partner agencies this moment forward we're going to help you be able to service your clients even better than you are today um, helping law enforcement to be trained in issues around mental health for example to improve the response in our community so for us it's that that moment that you connect with our organization we're going to make sure that that next step is a better step regardless if it's a community member if it's a partner agency um, we want to make sure that we're walking um, you know in step with you to help you provide um, support and help isn't it a great moment when people realize yeah that's it when you hit upon that tagline or that phrase it kind of encompasses what your goal is especially when you have such a wide range of services and what you talk about is very difficult and yet you're able to kind of coalesce it into that you know just distill it down into three words and even the 
logo. I love the way it was kind of fractured and then it came together. Absolutely. It kind of speaks to what you're talking about. You really offer a, a four-letter word, which is a good four-letter word. It's hope, right? <laughs> yes, do you view yes. it that way too, Jessica, that hope is really what you offer folks? We do. Um, you know, our vision statement is that uh, we want a community where people in crisis find safety, help, and hope. And we, we ended that with hope because we want people to know to hold on to that. Um, there's some days that there's nothing that they feel they can hold on to. And that's when those darkest moments hit people. Um, if we can instill a little bit of hope, a little bit of, of care, um, we, we really want to assure that that's something that people hold on dearly to um, and realize that there will be a, tomorrow will maybe a better day and that we can f- provide that, that care and that hope for them. With around-the-clock phone coverage, you must need a lot of folks to work at crisis services. And it it requires a special person, as cliched as that is. But it is compassionate, caring, committed people. What kind of jobs do you have open right now at your place? Yeah, we are recruiting uh, for sure. It's we good definitely to hear. have. Um, we actually have positions open in all of our departments right now. Um, so we have our crisis counselor positions and our twenty-four hour hotline that are available. Um, so those are the staff that are answering the hotline twenty-four-seven. Uh, we have positions in our mobile outreach program, which are the staff that are going out in the community to do the mental health evaluations for individuals who are at harm to self or others. And we also have positions in our advocate department, which is our rape, crisis, domestic violence, and elder abuse unit within the organization. So we have some positions there, both on the hotline that's dealing specifically with sexual violence and domestic violence issues, but also um, within our case management services uh, that we provide in our college campuses, as well as with our uh, local police departments. And you offer benefits and other uh, perks of the job that I think would be really helpful to folks who are looking to, to really make a difference. This is truly a, a calling, not so much a career, right? Absolutely. I mean, we definitely need people that are, are committed to this type of work, um, committed to helping people in their really darkest moments, and, and, and people that are able to be present and be risk to be present with other people in crisis, because it's not easy. It's not easy work. So it's individuals that really can um, you know have good uh, crisis intervention skills, be able to help intervene in those those situations but we provide a ton of training and support for all of our staff because it is a challenging job every day. I bet there must be a real feeling of esprit de corps among the people who work there right it does because it is a a different kind of job this is not a job that you can probably you know forget about five minutes after you walk out the door so I bet that your team really is a team in that sense. And yes, yes. And teamwork is is so specific to the work that we do, as well as just the, the support and supervision that, that our administrative team provides to staff every day to be able to debrief about a situation or give guidance on what to do next. Um, and just to be supportive during a very difficult day. Um, you know, we see sometimes the worst of the worst in situations every day here in our community, and we need to be able to take care of each other while we're doing it. When I was poking around on your website, uh, website Website this morning, I noticed the employment tab at crisisservices.org. So it's very easy to look at the different positions that are open. Just go right to the employment tab at crisisservices.org and you'll see the various requirements and positions. And I imagine it's kind of an ongoing. Um, revolving door, right? You need people coming in all the time. Yes, yes. So we're, you know, we're always recruiting um, and training. The other thing is that we also recruit for volunteers. So in addition to staff uh, working with us, we also have volunteers that help out on the hotline and also help to do our hospital response in our advocate department for victims of sexual violence and domestic violence. And you uh, located, relocated your offices from Main Street in Buffalo to River Rock, right? So you're in the Black Rock area. Is that where folks would volunteer out of their particular office? 
office? Yeah, so they would be able to come out uh, right to that office location to do their volunteer work. If folks would just simply like to make a donation or perhaps do a benefit on your behalf, how do they get in touch with Crisis Services? Well, actually, our website's a good first step. So if you actually go to the crisisservices.org, there is a donate page, um, and there's some information there um, of either how to donate directly to Crisis Services. There's also some information if somebody wants to host a benefit on behalf of Crisis Services, there's some information posted there to take a look at to see if it fits well with what they're working on. Um, but they can contact us directly um, at 831-4442. Uh, that's uh, Olivia, who would be able to help out with some direct information um, on being able to make a donation. Donations, 831-4442, yes. or just simply go to the website at crisisservices.org. Nice and easy. Thanks for everything you do for the community. And thank you for helping to get our mission and message it's, out. It's we a pleasure, pleasure to have you here. It'll put a wrap on this edition of Slice of Life. Until next time, thanks for carving out a slice and go Bills. Thanks for listening. Brenda will be back next Slice of Life on ESPN 1520. Are you a fan of succulent hand-carved beef and turkey? Do you like having fish fries available every day? Then come experience fresh, scratch-made favorites at the historic Glen Park Tavern in the heart of Williamsville. The Glen Park Tavern's hand-carved beef and turkey are available in-house or for parties as well. Enjoy a delicious selection of hearty salads, sides, and soups seven days a week. Visit the Glen Park Tavern on Main near Cayuga in Williamsville. It's not just a meal, it's an experience. It's 3 p.m. For 50 million kids across America, school's out. And for a third of these kids, they're out on their own. Out with nothing to do and nowhere to go. Gives a whole new meaning to the 3 o'clock bell, doesn't it? It's time to support the Boys and Girls Clubs. Visit greatfutures.org.